you very much for listening to my podcast, which is called This Old Thing. I suppose it's really about clothes. And it's also one of my first podcasts. I've just started doing podcasts. I have to say, I do really love it. I'm really enjoying it. So thanks for listening. Back to clothes. I've always loved the hunting, rummaging and finding that goes into second hand. And I guess thrifting is a word that best sums that up for me. And I've had so much fun with that notion of dressing up and it being a form of creative expression. I, I really have. It's been a huge source of pleasure in my life. It's hard to sort of go through a week without hearing about the environmental impact of fast fashion and fashion, just all fashion, on the environment. Secondhand clothes is not just about a style choice for me, which it always has been in the past. It's now really about sustainability too, and secondhand clothes are the only real option of a completely kind of sustainable clothes life. And I'm so happy to introduce Emma Forrest, who's a writer, journalist, filmmaker, and a super raw talent. Emma, thank you so much for joining this whole thing. Thank you for having me. Can I tell the people that um, you actually were a profound influence on the current novel? Oh, yes, you can say that. <laughs> There's an entire chapter in, in Royals inspired by Bay's shop dropping. Do you oh. want to remind them what shop dropping is? Basically, shop dropping was this idea of creating the opposite of shoplifting. So this idea of going into Prada or going into Victoria's Secret and we'd get huge, disgusting, ugly, big polyester dresses from Salvation Army or somewhere for like a dollar and we would write, please take me home. And then we put them in the shop window at Prada and people would be like, what the hell are you doing? Because it was, the, no one had done that before. And it was really fun. I ran with it. It's, it's something people really love in that, in that book. Actually. You always did love that. I mean, over to clothes, Emma, I feel like you've got such a kind of interesting relationship with clothes because when I first met you, you were really, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were really channeling the 1950s. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Uh, and actually what I was channeling specifically was Audrey Horn in Twin Peaks, which means I was doing the 19, I believe that was 1990? Yes. So early 90s does the 50s and that actually was something I was thinking about is how much I do specifically love decades told through refracted through other decades so true it's a great way of putting it she is a much more interesting style icon to me than Elizabeth Taylor who looked amazing on screen but who really like had kind of she was a slave to fashion she was a slave to trends and when you see pictures of Liz off screen oh my gosh I mean Bay, she's she's my height she's like five foot one big boobs, little legs, and she's wearing, you know, go-go, white go-go boots, because it was 1965, and, you know, she does not look good off screen, but Audrey is the 90s take on that 50s look that just resonated with me for, yeah, definitely years and years. I can so see why. And that's really interesting what you say about that kind of the 90s extrapolating that 50s thing, but doing it in a much more appealing, really. It is. And you get those lovely moments on film. So I'm very, very drawn to decades doing other other decades. Um, Which outfit from your teens do you think sums up that time for you? Is there one in particular where you try to emulate something or trying to project something specifically? Yeah, I... 
bought two pieces from the very first Toka collection. Um, and I still have them and I still wear them. And they were, when I say they were dream dresses, they, they reminded me so intensely of, now here's who had really great off-camera style, Marilyn Monroe, same body as Elizabeth Taylor, but she actually, to me it's all about fabrics, like Liz wore a lot of like synthetics and Marilyn seemed to know she was yummy, like ice cream. And so she would wear a lot of angora and mohair and um, cherry patterns on her clothes. And there was a picture that I had adored of her asleep offset. She'd just fallen asleep in this pale eyelet um, wiggle dress. And Toka had not one but two versions of that dress in their very first collection. I love that. I also absolutely love your sort of magical description of Marilyn and that being this kind of beautiful sort of sort magical source of inspiration, really. When she married Arthur Miller, so that's her, I think that's her second wedding. Second, yeah. She wore a coffee-coloured wiggle dress and she took her veil and she dyed it herself in a cup of coffee. And it looks so... I mean, who would think of a coffee-coloured wedding dress? And it's so elegant. As soon as I'm off, as soon as we stop doing this podcast, I'm going to Google that. And I also think that's, that, to me, is really stylish and counterintuitive. It is someone you associate so strongly with intense, sort of overflowing sexuality, actually using quite avant-garde colour schemes, you know? You don't think of her particularly as being subversive in that way. I mean, that is quite kind of gently quite subversive doing that. It's definitely like, yeah, it's definitely outside the box, isn't it? For sure. Can you tell me which two items of clothing, maybe they'd be your toka dresses, that you would never throw out? I would never have never thrown off, thrown out the toka dresses. And, um, you know, obviously this is a, a very obvious answer, but the stuff... Um, thank God my mum is still with me, but the stuff I've inherited from her. And my mum was always littler than me, so there's a lot I've been holding on to for years that I was just too voluptuous for. But after I had my baby, I started wearing um, her Kenzo and her Jean Muir. Mm. And those are obviously, not only do I really, really love them, but a great emotional attachment because they're hers. I mean, imagine Jean Muir, she might well have worn that when you were young, those 70s Jean Muir. She um, had this Jean Muir dress that I really adore because it's, again, it comes back to the Marilyn thing of touchability. It's floor length, absolutely skin tight wool, turquoise wool with shoulder pads, that 70s does 40s thing and I remember wearing it to a premiere in January that was a very very dressy premiere and being the only woman on the red carpet who wasn't shivering I just love that dress so much yeah love that there's something so that's such a good point actually you know when when you're wearing something and you're shivering in it I don't know about you I don't find myself in that position very often because I don't really wear dresses in that way I'm quite a layered person so but when I do I always feel less confident because yeah. I feel unarmored you know it's weird I feel like I don't feel so good about myself weirdly when I'm <laughs> maybe that's normal anyway do you think that you shop in a different way? Are you very conscious of the way you shop with the environment in terms of, you know, we know how bad 
fashion is on the environment now. I mean, I think the combined thing of shoes and clothes is worse than flights and shipping. And I'm just wondering if, does, does that factor in the way that you shop or, or, or well, not? Well, actually it's been, uh, no, I'm going to be completely honest, is that it's been a wonderful um, outcome of me learning to shop in a whole uh, less bulimic way. And what I mean by that is I think for years and years and years I shopped um, out of anxiety and out of boredom, you know, which is how you would describe sort of bulimic binge eating is just like it's it's a stress eating. So it was definitely mindless, um, apart from those few magical items that I think are so special because they were quite rare for me to um, find those talismans like those talk addresses because I think there was so much that was just, you know, impulse to cover the fact that I thought maybe my boyfriend didn't think I was cute that day and I would literally walk into a shop and change my outfit by buying a new one while we were out at lunch um, and I definitely cracked that sort of that psychological code and understood that I was doing that and um, I stopped doing that and of course the outcome is very positive for the environment when you're buying intentionally rather than because you're bored or because you're worried now that is obviously a very interesting point that thing of shopping because it's a form of addiction yeah and whether that's anxiety or whether it's boredom you have to reconcile that with oneself after a certain point it's a nice feeling to feel like you're buying less <laughs> yeah i know exactly what you mean because it's all the same way red lipstick is red lipstick they keep releasing red lipsticks there isn't going to be a new color red like there is only a finite number and we buy them you know hoping to unlock the key that will allow people to see us as we really are this is uh, going to change my life okay yeah, this yeah. thing is going to make me beautiful rich thin and everything and well, and it does for that second and then it doesn't same applies to look i've done it with Pencil skirts, there isn't any different kind of black pencil skirt. And I have five of them. Why? But in that moment, there is. And that yeah. moment is when you go, I'm not going to do it. Um, do you think you have an outfit from your teenage years, which sort of pretty much you feel sums up a time that you remember fondly or not fondly? Yeah, in a really bad way, actually. I... Um, have seen too many pictures of me from when I was a teenage journalist with absolute icons who are dead and who I would love to put up these pictures of me with Joe Strummer or with Adam Yauch from the Beastie Boys. And in all of them, I'm wearing a Tommy Hilfiger poncho. It's the worst <laughs> thing I ever owned. And, and when That's I look so back, you. it well, what it was, because I was so young, I was 16, and I was trying to cover my boobs. I had huge boobs. Well, so you know what? To be, give yourself a break. 16 is, it's young. It you is know? hideous. And it destroys these beautiful photos. Oh, no, so I associate you. that with 16. Yeah. That's, um, I love that. Because it's just so sort of normal as well. <laughs> you know, so. Is there a piece of clothing that you remember someone from your family wearing? I think we all remember someone in our family or someone very close to us wearing something. Is there anything that strikes you? Maybe something your mother wore? Actually, my most profound early childhood memory of clothes, um, and it sort of connects to mental health, is that I asked when I was about ten, nine or 10, 
I said that for my birthday, I wanted a purple sweatshirt with polka dots on it. And somehow my dad found me that for my birthday and I opened it and the polka dots were not the size they had been in my head. And were, they, I, were they bigger or smaller? They, I actually don't remember that, but I just remember that it was not exactly as I'd envisioned it. And I was crushed, like to the point of trying really hard not to let them see how much it hurt me that the polka dots were the wrong size. And when I look back, that's the first flag of like, oh, possible mental <laughs> Like, you know, because it's, um, what is that? Like obsessive compulsive, irrational depression. Like really, I just had to go to my room. I was- so Emotional. Confused. Yeah, like this is wrong. And I feel terrible. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, you couldn't have chosen a better item. I, I could really visualize that. I remember my dad's bicycle clips around his work, uh, around his like lawyer trousers, his bicycle, his fluorescent bicycle clips. I so get that. It kind of makes it extra poignant somehow when it's this yeah. detail on somebody. Yes. Yeah. It's completely, that is the only person who had those bicycle clips like that. Yeah. I remember being my dad was a really keen and brilliant gardener. And I remember whole, he was doing these trees. And I remember holding this ladder and his ankle was on the same level as my eyes on the top on the top, he was on the top step and I remember looking at his ankle and I loved him so much and I remember thinking, I want to just remember how, and it was twisting and it was, you know, he was straining and I remember really thinking, I really want to remember your ankle here now because it's so sort of alive. Mm. And I remember it so vividly and I sort of took that away with me. It sounds so silly, it's nothing to do with clothes, but it's to do with something that to do with the moment that's really yeah. and that I sort of wrapped up as being a really precious moment and actually it is I still yeah. think about holding the ladder for him and just yeah. looking at his yeah. foot while he gardened I wanted to ask you what your favorite movie is in terms of style in the movie what is your favorite movie I really have always loved movies with different feminine ages in them so that you can either focus depending on your mood on the adult temptress or on the sort of wise child so again one I love is Paper Moon because it has um, Tatum O'Neill in dungarees with sort of a, a woolly jumper under the dungarees and at one point she gets told she looks like a boy so she starts wearing with this outfit like a gingham bow in her boy haircut I've always loved that look. And in the same film, you have Madeline Kahn, who's the mistress and, you know, a quote unquote good time girl wearing frills and bows and ribbons and ringlets in her hair. And I love both of those looks. And then the other one I love for the same reason is Mermaids with Cher, Winona Ryder and Christina Ricci. And you have um, Cher in those fantastic polka dot wiggle dresses, pink wiggle dress with black polka dots on it. Um, and then you have Winona. I love this look, and I think it was very ahead of its time in these sort of, she wants, she wants to be a nun, but she keeps having profoundly sexual thoughts about the guy next door. So it's like, I love the look of, you know, a sexy Hasid or a sexy, you know, convent novice. Uh, so she's wearing these really kind of dowdy, blacked tea dresses but she's Winona and she just looks adorable and so cute and the other one the other one also has Christina Ricci is for that same reason Adam's Family where you can either have your eye 
on Morticia, on Angelica Houston, who's obviously in skin tight bodycon, or on Wednesday. He's just fabulously got in, it. Yeah. Again, like very ahead of its time, sort of, you know, all those floral, dark flower liberty dresses that people are doing with collars. And yeah, I love those choices. I love those choices. Great costumes. Which brings me on to, apart from being, you know, a novelist and a writer, you have also directed your first feature film called Untogether. Super stylish. I wanted to just ask you about that. My costume designer is an incredibly stylish woman called Cameron Lennox, who had done that film Beginners. She worked with me to get these very distinct looks for the two I had a film about sisters played by real sisters. So it's Lola Kirk and Jemima Kirk. And I identified um, different decades for each of them to kind of be focused on. So Jemima is very 50s. She has a lot of sex scenes and she's always wearing this incredible um, diverting lingerie so that when at the end of the movie you finally see her naked, she's unbelievably vulnerable and you realise how much it's all been a superhero costume for her because she's afraid. Clothes act as a very powerful tool within it. Yes, and, and Lola Kirk, we did sort of, Lola naturally anyway is very 70s. She had a lot of flares and she never wore a bra and that character is a lot more um, free-spirited and confident than the girl who was so fixated on, on the 50s bodycon as sort of self-defense. Speaking of sort of decades, if you had to choose a decade, just a straight up decade in terms of style, which one would it be? Just for pure pleasure, I'd say 40s. I'd say, you know, all those, I mean, I don't want to be Joan Crawford and I don't want to look like Joan Crawford, but it's just so energizing to watch someone who can carry all of that off. So glamorous. I mean, the level of glamour and exquisiteness, you know, yeah. the furs and the yeah. silks. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with and you. it's clothes that sort of make women look like architecture, like superstructures. How do we make dressing more sustainable and fun? I mean, look, you're talking to someone who, after I got divorced, I had my wedding dress dyed pink so I could wear it again. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> You know, it was really... I love that. You've after, answered that question brilliantly. Yeah, after we finished shooting on together, I said to Jemima, I was like, I really love my wedding dress. It's making me sad. I want to be able to wear it again. You're really creative. Take it away. Dye it. Don't tell me or ask me what colour it's going to be. Just do it for me. And she did, and she mailed it back to me, and it's this beautiful dusky pink. So cool. And I hope people no longer feel they can only wear things once on a red carpet or to galas. I mean, like, I, I think even emotionally, I wore an amazing vampire's wife dress to the Golden Globes in 2016, that I will wear that dress, A, because it's so beautiful, it was expensive, it's gorgeous, and I want to wear it for my own premiere. It, it comes from the red carpet, I think, quite largely, and that is, is this idea of not wearing the same outfit twice. I mean, where on earth did that come from? I guess because you don't want two photos of yourself. I mean, it does go back to this quite a vain idea. For me, clothes are only good if you can wear them a lot. Yeah. 
you know, clothes are for wearing. And if you love them, then you wear them a lot. And when people say to me, oh my God, you're still wearing that denim shirt or you're still wearing this or that. I'm like, I like that. I think that's a really, I like that. And I think that when maybe things are moving slightly more into that thing of celebrating, you know, not just once or twice, but. I also think it's a really, I know this isn't the reason you do it, but it's a subversive way to be forever young is when I hadn't seen you for like almost 20 years and I saw you again I was like she's wearing a full length black skirt is that <laughs> literally the same skirt she was wearing the last time I saw her and so you always feel like the same person even as you grow older I think it's great to have a signature look because then you're ageless uh, well, I've never thought of it like that, but hey, I never want to buy anything new again. I will wear the same. Oh. But yeah, I think I think that is true too. I mean, that's what they say about people's haircut and stuff too, don't they? But I think it is, it seems like a kind of idea, you know, the idea of not wearing something twice feels so last year. That's what I'm going to say. Is there anything you're like obsessed about finding in a thrift store now? Is there something you're kind of harking after or, or not so much at the moment? If I tell you, will you find them for me? That's my point, is that I'm going to try and look on Oxfam online and try and find it for you. In the stuff that I inherited from my mum, somehow I've mislaid. She had a couple of items by Willie Smith, who is pioneering African-American designer, who yeah. was so brilliant um, with Willie wear at doing luxury sportswear, which of course now, because of the pandemic, because of lockdown, you know, you're getting these endless nudges to purchase this thousand dollar tracksuit. And it's just, that is so gross to me, but he did incredible luxury knitwear um, back in the day. And specifically what I have mislaid, I have no idea where it is. It's waffle knit. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly, I know exactly what they are. Yeah. So it was a waffle knit sweatshirt and waffle knit skirt that was so soft cozy that it was the equivalent of tracksuit bottom so if I could find I ain't ever gonna find that I ain't ever gonna find that I'll you, can, you can find me waffle knit <laughs> I'm gonna try but I know exactly what I had a sweater once I had from the elbows waffle it's great it's actually very unusual is People that really do waffle well to my mind if we're thinking the same thing I think it is but okay I'll, have, I'll look I will look who would you say is your style pinup? I know we've talked about a few incredibly stylish women, but um, ultimately. Well, I think the highest compliment for what it's worth, whatever this says about um, the state of feminism, the highest compliment I can give a female style icon is if I can't describe their body, I can only think about their face because of how they, they dress. And so to me, whether that's Sade or Julie Christie, I, I have no idea what their bodies are like. Like I assume they're slim, but I don't know if they have boobs. I don't know if they're long-waisted or have long legs or have, but I just don't know because all you think about is the epic faces that those women have. Um, and of course, Julie Christie to circle back to what we were talking about in the first place, especially in Don't Look Now, you have that all that 1970s doing 1940s fashion amazing, amazing um, costumes yeah just gorgeous and i've come back to her look everyone comes back to julie christie but the other film of hers that really sort of makes me smile is far from the madding crowd because it's i think it's 1967 
doing like 1874 and you're getting this really charming thing of the power of the 60s that just can't be dimmed so even though you're watching a period piece she has that crazy 60s hair and a really intense 60s eye makeup oh claudia cardinale in once upon a time in the west same thing like crazy 60s hair pieces even though she's in the wild west I love the way you talk about film and clothes and stuff. It's very inspiring. Whose closet would you rate? Well, my, my, my icon remains, even to this day, Sherilyn Fenn in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I, I really, I think um, Marilyn Monroe was underrated. Not, she was definitely underrated as an actress. She was just an absolutely brilliant comic actress. Yeah. Um, and she was really underrated as a style icon because she's so rated as a sex icon. Um, but I think Marilyn's off-duty style is sensational. Two images spring to mind. And actually, they might have been ones for her. Well, so many images, whether it's singing Happy Birthday to Mr. President in that unbelievable dress or, you know, in a gingham shirt or in a black roll neck. The black roll neck with the peroxide hair over the balcony. I mean, it's... Yeah. Just amazing. We know her stage wear so well, but the, her off-duty style, gorgeous. Maybe her gingham was actually more stage wear. I'm thinking... Yeah, yeah. and then the other oh, thing God. that I got into through her, I bought a Sotheby's auction... No, sorry, my dad bought me as a birthday present the Sotheby's auction catalogue from when they auctioned her belongings. And she had a bunch of poochie dresses that didn't have pattern on them. The, and I never knew that Poochie did that, is they did just for her block yes. colour versions of their dresses. And they're beautiful. Yeah. I bet they are. Yeah, incredible. Weirdly, my mother just sent me a photo of Marilyn this morning saying, wasn't she just unbelievable? So I love that we're talking about her now. Nice bit of synchronicity. Yeah. Um, tell me, I'm going to do a couple of quick fire questions. Yeah. Denim or leather? Oh my gosh, definitely denim. Um, Preppy style or rock and roll? Oh God, rock and roll. Oh Lord, definitely. Leopard or floral? Ooh, well, to cheat, my favourite was an old, old Anna Molinari when she used to do floral on leopard print in her cardigan. Nice, <laughs> nice work. <laughs> um, silk or velvet? Velvet. I always want to be um, touchable, even when I'm feeling hard and closed down. Yeah, I mean, you are to me. You're very velvet. Thank you. Um, I feel like you're. I feel like you wear that beautiful pink dress. Oh my gosh, Emma, Emma Forrest. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. This old thing. You were absolutely brilliant. No, look, this is actually my dream podcast to be able to listen to myself. So thank you for inviting me. Pleasure. Thank you.